Welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending November 6, 2020. I'm Sophie Antel-Joubert, and I'm joined today by our senior investment strategist, Paul. Good morning, Paul. Hi, Sophie. Good morning. It's great to see you. Yeah, you too. And it looks like you might even have gotten a little bit of sleep, even though I know that you have been diligently election Mm -hmm. return watching and watching markets and watching data that's been coming in globally this week, as well as everything that's happening with the election. So I'd love to get your perspective on all of those areas of your game. Yep, absolutely. Terrific. So maybe we start with the thing that is definitely at the top of everybody's mind at the moment is the election. I'd love to get your perspective, Paul, with your sort of, you know, economist hat on rather than your American voter hat, but your economist hat. How are you looking at the election returns? What are you drawing and gleaning from those at the moment from an economic perspective? Well, yeah, I think as of Friday morning here, the presidency has not yet been called by any major news outlet. It's been a, a very competitive race with a lot of voter turnout. And I think that's a, a testament to both campaigns here. Uh, wearing my economist hat, though, I've actually been less focused on the presidency than what's been happening with the races for the U.S. Congress, because that's really in the United States where the power of the purse lies in terms of the ability to change either tax policy or spending policy. And I think going into this election, there was an expectation, at least among political strategists, that Democrats had a probability or an advantage or a likelihood of taking full control of the U.S. Congress. And with the results being quite close, actually, uh, those probabilities have needed to shift. And uh, based on the results we've seen so far, uh, of the three seats that the Democrats would have needed to gain, in the U.S. Senate, they've only been confirmed to have picked up one seat. So um, put differently, at this time, it looks more likely than not that Republicans will maintain control of the U.S. Senate, which would imply sort of a more gridlocked uh, scenario going forward. And that has really important implications for how we're thinking about the outlook, in particular, the idea that under a blue wave, we might have gotten a bigger uh, fiscal stimulus package in 2021, maybe on the order of $2 trillion, uh, with uh, the likelihood transitioning back towards gridlock, we're ratcheting down our fiscal stimulus expectations closer to a $1 trillion number. We still think uh, an economic recovery, um, but maybe a little bit less fuel uh, supporting that uh, going into 2021 than uh, some of the polls were uh, implying going into this. That's really interesting. And and what about markets? So that's been your perspective. What have you been seeing the market react to? How has the market taken to this, you know, sort of uncertainty at the moment um, and the news and evol- evolution this week? Yeah, well, uh, markets have responded to the election uh, developments. Um, with this sort of resetting of fiscal stimulus expectations, we've seen uh, U.S. interest rates come down quite a bit, particularly right around uh, the election night itself, the 10-year Treasury yield fell from 93 basis points to 75 basis points, which isn't a huge move, but it is quite large in the context of uh, the last several weeks. Um, so I think that's been a pretty significant uh, development. Uh, and then on the equity market side, uh, global equities, uh, whether it be the United States, the emerging markets, or uh, the MSCI All Country World Index, we've seen a lot of strength. And I think some of that is just a reflection of what's happened with interest rate dynamics. So lower discount rates supporting 
uh, higher equity market uh, valuations. Uh, but also, again, going back to this notion of a possible gridlocked Congress, it, it kind of decreases the possibility or likelihood of uh, corporate tax hikes in the United States. And so I think that's been another sort of uh, tailwind supporting equity market performance. But the gains have been quite large. We're looking at uh, global equities up almost 7% this week, which is a very, very significant performance. That certainly is. And if we think about where we were back in the spring and March, that's, uh, that seems almost unthinkable. Um, welcome, yeah. but uh, we'll, we'll hold on to it for now. Yeah. What about, there were some um, economic data releases this week uh, that came out globally that might give us a bit of a read also on how the global economy is doing. What caught your eye there, Paul? Yeah, maybe they've been overshadowed more than normal with everyone focused in on their favorite uh, election tracker, but there has been quite important uh, global economic data releases this week. Um, just this morning here on Friday, we had the non-foreign payrolls report in the United States. That surprised to the upside. So we had 638,000 net new jobs created and the unemployment rate fell down below 7% to uh, 6.9%. And that's a, a really, I think, significant cumulative positive surprise. If you think back to the darker days of, of March and April, many economists were saying the U.S. unemployment rate would end this year above 10%, and we are now uh, well below that level. So I think there's been really significant uh, improvement in the labor market on the back of uh, significant fiscal and monetary policy stimulus and support uh, and sort of the gradual reopening of the economy as well. So I think that's been a, a sort of source of positive surprise uh, this week, supporting the positive trends we've seen for several months now. That's great. More, more globally, uh, we got uh, some business surveys, the purchasing manager indices, uh, and they were also pretty encouraging for the month of October, where we saw further gains in, in China and particularly in, in European manufacturing as well. Uh, and so I think our outlook going forward is positive. There could certainly be some bumps here in the next couple of months as we transition into winter with uh, a sort of ramp up in, in COVID cases. But we think over time, uh, the economic recovery that we've seen for the last several months should uh, continue into 2021. And we're quite positive on the business cycle outlook here. Terrific. Well, Paul, that's all we have time for today, but I want to thank you for sharing your insights. And thank you for joining us. We'll be back again soon.